metal Got a smile like the devil Mama left the pueblo, try her luck in the ghetto Poverty and pride, my cheese won't keep me alive My ego kick in the drive, rather die than let the disrespect slide Talk to stand and fight, work hard for what you have in life My family's like, I whoop your fucking ass if you don't stop your crying Negative reinforcement, tell you you ain't shit When they know you the dopest, that's how my culture coaches Concrete roses, smell them as I walk to school Keep me through, check cause fucking fools are out to bang on fools They shot at cops too, and now the cops prove they stop you Stop you with one of them, and then they pop you uh, My theory is, the body your experience Normalize the losses that you kinda get the fear of wins Crabs in the bucket, pull them under, build the pyramids Ain't fools who help Cortez win, and tell them My next guest recently released a project called Ballad of El Huero, which is produced by Nug Life. He's from Boyle Heights, California, and has a collective known as EOTR, or East of the River. We recorded this interview at a studio. Introducing Viva Mescal. I said no one can ever love me like you want I'm not your puppet, don't use me for the plug If you down for me, then thug it out, stop leaving when I'm struggling It's easy when the money coming in to fucking love me But when the drought hits, you wouldn't shed a tear to flood me Uh, I know I lost my way talking to them bitches I'm only killing time, don't be acting so senseless The shit that we've been through, you can write an issue Lonely Hearts Club, first edition, I miss you podcast everyone today i'm with a very special guest the one and only viva mezcal what up i got it right you got it right very good viva Me- you could put the mezcal on it you know the mezcal. Cal- like california there you, know, you go like- i'm not very fluid in other languages so I'm, i always butcher people's names or just I- i'm trying to be more cultured and um I already thought I was cultured without even traveling too much, which is like ignorant. I feel ignorant already being here. Like, I didn't realize how big of a culture shock L.A. was going to be for me. Your first time in L.A.? First time, like, on my own. Of course, I've been with, like, family, but, like, it's very different when you're, like, on your own, in your own right. Airbnb, drove right. all the way down here. And where and where's the Airbnb you're staying at? Oh, my. See, that's the thing. I planned it out perfectly, but I didn't realize no one lives in L.A. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so- when people say they live in L.A., it's, like, a very, like, big area you know greater <laughs> los angeles you know they might live in the valley and they'll call it la because if someone says like they ask me where do you live i'm like Boyle heights they're like where mm. the fuck is that i'm like east la oh, okay yeah east la that's what that's wow. cool low riders bought those locals you know <laughs> motherfuckers be they know about it right know? it's um i guess it's in the heart of la kind of it's like 10 minutes from here 10 minutes from the studio it's like literally 10 minutes from everywhere all right and um like a very old house it's like 1906 i'm not a big fan of spiders and there's a lot of spiders <laughs> damn well you probably got a deal on it that's why oh yes i got a really good deal but yeah so like yesterday you're somehow you ended up being the first interview <laughs> so you know what it's funny with how shit works out like that even with this like uh i'm like yesterday filming the music video all day and then i know i have this tomorrow you know or today so i'm like fuck like the power of yes. You know what I mean? Like, do you want to do this? Sure, yeah. Right. Like, when you hit me up, like, I'm down. And then it's like, gets these other things in motion just from saying yes. And sometimes I'm like, fuck, the fuck do I say yes? There's so much shit, you know? Like, 
And then I'm glad once it's all in motion, like, man, you know what? This is dope. This right. Is a, you know, this is cool. Like, I'm so ignorant to a lot of things. Like, I'm just realizing, which is fine. I think I'm young enough to be ignorant, right? But, like, one thing I admit is I hate calendars. I feel like I could just remember, memorize everything in my brain. Fuck. But the older you get, you can't do that. <laughs> it's too much shit. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, it's not even that you're ignorant. It's just you're you're you have a, a lot of room to be humbled you right. know what i mean and life will humble you where you're like fuck yes i can't believe i used to think this way till i really knew or you know until you realize something exactly. that's cool though i mean that means you're doing something right hell yeah if life's humbling you you're doing something right you know you're aiming for something and you're fucking getting there and you're realizing oh shit it's a little more than i thought and then you go and you do the next thing up hell yeah and you know so so when it comes to la though like it's just the LA is the complete opposite of Seattle in every way almost. The first thing is with Seattle, people, when they say they're from Seattle, they're usually from Seattle because the outskirts of Seattle are kind of dumpy, re realistically. But then when it comes to LA, it seems like it gets nicer the farther you're away from LA. It's the complete <laughs> opposite. Like if we were trying to go to the boardwalk yesterday, Santa Monica. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. Venice. I see. I don't even know how, what what is what here. Really. Well, Venice the, Beach is the. They also have their walk, like the one with the roller coasters and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's Santa Monica. Okay. Santa Monica, uh, you know, Santa Monica Pier. Okay. So I I tell Google I have a Google phone. I'm like Google, take me to the boardwalk. It takes me to um, where was it? Huntington Beach, like an hour and a half away. I was oh, like, shit. oh fuck. Well, Huntington Beach also has a boardwalk, yes! which, which you learned, you know. <laughs> But it was just as nice. I was happy enough to go there. Yeah, Huntington Beach is nice. You know, you in Trump country, but it's nice. <laughs> you know, that's probably why it's nice. You know? Right. But yeah, like um, LA is a trip. Yes. LA is a trip. And growing up here, you just learn. Wow. You know, you, you're young. You know, when I was younger, I didn't really know even getting on the freeways, get lost or not having a real sense of direction or, mm -hmm. or understanding of the different areas you're in. And then you get a little older, you get out a little more. You're like, oh, shit. And you're right. This part's really nice. Yes. Damn, this part's fucking ghetto. <laughs> Damn, why did they build this this way? How come I can't get a train over here? Wow. How come I can't get a bus over here? Hmm, that's kind of suspicious. <laughs> How come I need a car for everything? Yes, I'm happy I took a car. I was debating before I left. Am I going to drive down here, which is going to take way more time to 18 hours versus like however long the flight is, is definitely more than half we cut, right? Right. But I think I'm happy that I took a car here. Oh, yeah. You need a car in LA, bro. You're either going to have to you know, uh, drive down here or get a car while you're here. Because right. if not, you're going to be on Uber, oh, get killed on Uber, uh, or you're going to be asking someone for a ride every fucking where, you know, it's just wow. how it is. Like in Seattle, I can, I I grew up like in Seattle, like East Seattle. And then I recently moved like 30, 40 minutes away from Seattle. And now I'm in like the literal woods. Okay. But because I'm in the woods, I can drive through all the back roads in the woods and end up in a different city. Right. But here, you have to get on the highway or the freeway. Freeway. It's How's just, that been? Um, traffic? Well, you probably just ran into traffic. Yeah. But have you been on the freeway when people are like going 80, 90 and just, just fucking smashing on it? Yeah, that was the whole way here, honestly. And I was, um, and the good thing is also because I was, I was using Google Maps the entire way. So it, it, it tells you when there's going to be a police. And there honestly wasn't many cops out the entire way here. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm going 90 this entire way here. Yeah. You just got to be careful with the speed traps. Oh, You get to a fucking speeding ticket. Yes. It happens. Are there camera speed traps? Like in Washington, I didn't even realize it until like a year ago. You can drive through certain zones and there doesn't even have to be a cop. If you go past like the numbered sign, there'll be a flash and you get a ticket that way. No, nah, we don't got those. And you guys are just putting in toll lanes? Is that like there was like I was driving through California and then in Washington... There's toll lanes and it goes up to, at the height of traffic, if you want to be in the express, express lane, it's like $6. But here, it just said test. Like, you guys are still trying to figure out if you're going to put Yeah, in. that's like new. You can, I mean, certain spots in Cali, there are, there have been toll roads for, for a while. But like right here in like the downtown and, and, you know, metropolis area, like it's something they're testing, like a pass and all that. Mm -hmm. um, you guys are going to get But fucked. not many people do it. And not only that, but like. <laughs> Our freeways are so like they're rebuilding them right now, but they're just they're not big enough. Wow. Like, dude, there's not enough fucking space. It's just that's what I was telling you. I you have to plan your day around traffic sometimes. Yeah. 
there's times you can't get you can't get over it you're just gonna have to drive in it fuck it mm-hmm. but like for me it's like yo if i get on the freeway <laughs> at 240 wow i'm gonna beat a big ass rush at say like three o'clock three fifteen. you know especially when when school is out like school got out and people got out of work Ugh, fuck i'm not messing around like to get to Back to where you're, the studio you are at, like downtown, would take you 25, 30 oh, minutes. Oh God, just and that's like right there, you know. So imagine trying to get like from this side to say West LA. Wow. Yeah, it's like hour and a half plus, right? So you're wow. like, fuck. You live, you work on that side. It's like, <laughs> what can I do? You know, you just prepare for it and say, I'll be home at six thirty. Oh, I got God. off at four thirty. Oh, I'll be home shit. at six <laughs> thirty. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy over here, bro. But that's cool. It's your first time, man. Like shit, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you're here at the studio then. We just this is our new spot, so Wow. I like it. It's dope to have some new energy in here. Hell yeah. So tell me about you you grew up in Boyle Heights. How what is that like? I have I I don't the only thing I know about LA besides just being here now is fucking schoolboy Q or Kendrick Ta- or um, Nipsey talking about the streets they grew up on. I'm like, oh shit, that's the street. That's the street. That's the that's street. Dope. That's dope. But besides that, I don't know. I don't even know where Boyle Heights is or anything. So that, well, you know, that's what I'm trying to do with my music there we and go. with like my movement is to have that. And you know, I I'll get there with people where they're like they have that pride in their neighborhood from mm-hmm. my music, and then people outside of the area who listen to my shit are like the B, the O, the Y L E because yes. I have a track where I spell out Boyle Heights and shit on some just hip hop shit. And it's fun to have that because I, I was inspired by that mm. from Foo's doing Brooklyn, you know, oh, the B, the R, shit. the O-O-K, the Y-L-N. That's the place I stay most depth. Yeah. And it's like I grew up listening to that and like, see, he reps his shit. How come I can't rep mine, you know? And a lot of rappers from this side, they don't. They'll just mm. stick to L.A. as a general thing, which smart, whatever. You're going to market in this and that. But for me, since the very start, and I've been at it for a minute... I've always rep Boyle Heights where I stay. All right. So, you know, to someone who has no idea where Boyle Heights is, you could Google it, um, obviously, you know, but it's a, it's a neighborhood in between East Los Angeles, the neighborhood, and downtown LA. Okay. So it's right before you hit downtown. The first, the last neighborhood you'll see before you cross the bridge mm-hmm. is Boyle Heights. Got it. And um, it has a lot of like historical landmarks, a lot of uh, rich old culture. I mean, just to name a few, like, the ACLU was started in Boyle Heights. Um, it used to be predominantly like Jewish and Armenian and then um, Japanese. And then World War II, the internment camps took the Japanese out and then a lot of Mexicans moved in. Oh, okay. And now it's been predominantly Mexican ever since the you know 50s and 60s. Wow. And um, Boyle Heights in East LA has the highest concentration of Mexicans and Mexican-Americans outside of Mexico. Oh, shit. I think there's maybe like El Paso, you know, or like Albuquerque. There's like a few cities mm-hmm. that come closer are right there. But like it's literally like 94% Mexican here. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little cut of that culture. If you want to get it, like the food, the, oh, shit. the, the nightlife, the, the low riders, the, you know, the style, the, the way we talk, the way we act, like it's right here on the east side. So, wow. yeah, man, um, Boyle Heights is dope. You definitely got to get the, the the proper tour of it, you know. Hell yeah! When I when I think of like Mexican culture, would you say Mexican culture, Hispanic culture? I'm so there's so many ways to say Mexican. I right. I'm I mean, so bad at it. I I let whoever it is saying it say it. Okay. I for me, I identify myself as a Chicano. Okay. So Chicano is pretty much a Mexican American who realizes his political stance or just realize like, yo, my parents came from Mexico. I'm a, I'm an American, mm-hmm. but I'm of Mexican descent. So that's how I that's how I see it. The first time when I think of it, though, I automatically think of like community, though. So Boyle Heights is it a huge community. Like, is everyone working together? If you're, if it's all the same kind of, it's like not, it's not as diverse as other places. So I'm guessing. You all well, I mean, together or? you if you go there, you'll definitely feel the sense of community. You do. Mm-hmm. Um, people have each other's back. Um, you know, a lot of us, like for myself and like my parents' generation, they grew up in the projects or in public housing. So you're on top of each other and and you know everyone's stuff mm-hmm. and you kind of watch each other's back. And then but one of the things is my area is just heavily with, gang, um, you know, gang activity. Mm-hmm. There's like some of the most craziest and notorious gangs in L.A. are in Boyle Heights. Right. So we get that, you know, our name gets brought up for that a lot of times as well, you know, which I feel like still kind of there's a community like as far as like I don't know how to explain it, not a pride in it because. 
people obviously don't want to be known for that type of stuff, but it's embedded in the culture. And then it also kind of divides the culture there because someone might be from that neighborhood and you don't mess with them because you grew up on this side of the neighborhood and it could literally be two block difference. Mm -hmm. So this block is this and that blocks that. And you don't walk on that block because so-and-so might see this. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just like you grow up in that mentality long enough and you have that tribal type of everyone's out to get me mentality, you know? And if you notice, that's how a lot of Mexicans are, you know, right. <laughs> like that's why my mother's rep everything so hard. The Dodger fans, Dodger fans are like, wow, wow. You know, they treat it like it's a fucking right. cult, you know, a gang, like Raider fans and anywhere that it's like that energy, like we're mad tribal as, uh, you know, as Latinos in general, but especially Chicanos where we row in packs and we, we row at our shit and it's us against them type stuff. And it's like, it, it's like a survival mechanism. But so sometimes that could divide the community where we stay, but. You go there, you feel it. You mm. feel it. You feel the you feel the love way more than you'll feel any of that other stuff, you know? Right. So but when I think of like rap culture or like Snoop Dogg or the game, you like always see things in the press like them bringing gangs together. Does that even really affect LA culture? Like when you see Snoop Dogg in the game like shaking hands or something and like there's a big like ceremony, how is that more for show or does that actually change I, the culture? I can't really speak on that because I'm not necessarily like involved in this in the gang culture like that. Plus, the gangs that Snoop Dogg and the game are a part of, you know, or that area mm-hmm. is is kind of its own world separate oh, from like wow. the East Side, you know. But I'm not blind or deaf or dumb either, so I can say when efforts like that are being taken, um, it's usually because there's something really bad that just happened and something mm-hmm. like that. So in that aspect, like. It does help, like someone trying to get cooler heads to prevail, you know, and, you know, sometimes you need that. There's times that it gets so bad in Ball Heights, people are killing each other that the community has to come together, you know, and say, yo, what can we do? Like the moms talk to your kids, you know, big homies talk to the little homies like mm-hmm. we need to calm this shit down because fools are just going too crazy, you know, but it's funny. But but then again, if someone could get shot tomorrow and it's, it'd be another thing like, oh, wow, it sucks, but. You grew up so desensitized, like just another day, just another fool in LA. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have been there. Right. You know? So yeah, man, it's a trip. So culturally, like in Seattle, people like to say like there's different cities in Seattle that act completely different. But I feel like overall, everyone in Seattle is kind of similar. You're not going to go to one city and everyone be a hundred percent more nice or that much differently culturally. Like I feel like overall Seattle, they're all kind of the same, similar. But when it comes to LA, these different sections like Boyle Heights or wherever, do you think culturally it's just a hundred percent different compared to other sections of LA? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things you'll get here. You know, Um, you know, I think it's like an ethnic enclave. That's like the proper definition for it. But it's, you know, it's just little communities within communities. You have little Tokyo, Mm. you know, mostly Japanese. You go there. Some people only speak Japanese. There's shit. There's, there's places in Boyle Heights and in East Los where you don't need to learn. You don't need to know English. Wow. And I know that could uh, upset people, you know, and Americans like you should learn American. Like, I get it. I even tell my homies or I'll tell family members like you should learn English. It's only going to benefit you, you know, mm-hmm. not going to hate on you for not wanting to. But at the same time, it's like, come on, bro. Like we are in in fucking wow. America. You should <laughs> learn English like the. But if we're in France, you should learn a little French, motherfucker. Like that's just the, <laughs> ra- the rationale. But people get sensitive about it. But no, like there's literally neighborhoods, whole areas where it's so Mexican. It's mm. so it's like Mexico, bro. Like like you wouldn't even know how to you wouldn't need to learn English. You could just be there on your block, work where you work and you would be fine. Um, but at the same time, LA's so big and beautiful. Why not? Why not go to this side? Why not go to that side? And I think for the most part in this city, people blend pretty well. Mm. You know, people do bl- blend pretty good. And it's dope to go to those communities. Like, I love going to Chinatown. I love going to wherever. If it's a neighborhood that's predominantly a certain Latino, you know, oh, this is a Salvadorian neighborhood. Like, mm. I enjoy that. Like, that's dope. That to, You get to now go and immerse yourself in their culture and go eat that food. And you got to do a little traveling while just going down the block. You wow. know what I mean? Because where else are you going to really find that? And when you kind of start getting out of LA and into, you know, more of the United States, you do see that. It's kind of the same where you go and and that's cool too it's its own mm-hmm. charm but you you 
how can you don't have the opportunity to just go right across town and now get this, you know? So I I give props to the city for that. Hell yeah. See, that's what I need. I need to interview. That's the whole point of this, this tour is to just understand more about LA. Cause like, even if I'm just traveling through LA, not meeting anyone, I might be like, Oh, this isn't Seattle and just not like appreciate it. But then when you get to talk to people who are from LA, they're prideful. They're happy to be here overall, you know? And they're just like, so much you can learn. So many well, gems. I've been to a few places, you know, I've, and and no matter what, even if I love that place, like, I always think back to home and think, like, fuck, we're lucky to live where the fuck we live. You know, it really is from the weather to just the mentality. And mm-hmm. people act like this and that here. Like, we get really up our own fucking thoughts and, you know, la la land. Like, we, we're, we're crazy in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can't hate on it like you just really can't like it's just a certain type of living sometimes it hurts us we let people do whatever the fuck they want so much mm. that it hurts us here sometimes you know and, and then we need a little calm the fuck down take a step back because we're so like wow it's crazy man i can't even explain it like who's <laughs> just will try to get away with everything here it's so funny you find it here you wow. know but, so in your interviews and music you definitely rep being a chicano rapper i got it chicano right that's the what is the is there a big difference between being a, a Chicano or Mexican rapper versus just being a rapper? Because it seems like you definitely want to express that in your music and uh, interviews. Um, like for me, I I picture myself as an MC. Okay. By definition, if someone were to say you're a Chicano rapper, it's hard to argue that because it's like I'm literally a Chicano who raps. Mm-hmm. But Chicano rap is a little more street. It would be compared like saying, "Hey, uh, you know, what kind of hip hop do you do? Do you do rap? Do you do trap? Do you do?" You know, you do fucking uh, lo-fi. Do you like, are you boom bap? You know, like people want to, if you know that layer, same thing with like, say a Chicano rapper. Chicano rapper would be like the Mexican version of a trap artist or, Mm. you know, a a gangster slash. Now it's turned into trap a little more. Like foods are really, foods like now Mexican rappers and Latino rappers in LA are more like street oriented, kind of like how it was before. Because when like certain artists like Lil Rob and, and like, these Chicano rappers were kind of popping. It was very, very much street and gangster stuff. And that's just not what I what I rap about, you mm-hmm. know? So I try to find that lane. But by definition, I'll rap it because I'm proud of my heritage. I'm pr- proud of my culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to be anyone else. Like, what am I going to say? You know, I'm, I'm a... What rapper am I? You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I am who the fuck I am. So, you know, and I think just finding that voice because there's not too many of us out there. Right. Like far as like me, like, and and the crew, um, we find them, but it is like predominantly more like street, real street or or, or gang related music, you know that that comes from our culture. It's just mm-hmm. how the fuck it is, you know. So yeah, I, I find like like it's a duty to rep it, but I rep hip hop. I'm an MC. Put us on the mic. That's why I rock with Noah. That's why I yes. rock with real heads in the city. Like. You know, we rock shows, you know, at the end of the day, we grew up loving the culture of it, you know, um, from just being young and seeing my uncles who used to break dance and DJ and like seeing fools rap and being like, man, I'm just blown away. Like, how do they find these words and control the crowd? And I love that. You know what I mean? Like as far as being a rapper and, you know, the the other stuff that gets attached to it, I never felt a need to go and, and say I have to do that to be validated in the culture mm-hmm. I was like I already felt like I grew up in a culture so wow. now I get to rep it and 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 give it a direction you know mm-hmm. which is exciting to me you know I want East LA I want Boyle Heights to be a stable in hip-hop the same way how you're saying Crenshaw you know the same way Long Beach is even though you've never been to Long Beach mm-hmm. you know about the LBC and, you know you probably <laughs> want to smoke up a blunt and be like ooh wow. and, and Long Beach is like that like fools like Snoop that's Long Beach it's crazy <laughs> but the way they talk and it and Long Beach you know I can get into it on different cities but I wanted that for my city I want people to be like yeah Boyle Heights East LA damn that's the East of the River shit that's this like the, 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 the bars are dope and the energy's good and like you know that's been my goal, man, for for years and years now. Wow. And do you think it's like a mental note to be yourself to help rep Boyle Heights? Or like, I guess when people think of like LA rap, they definitely think of like gangster rap. So do you feel like if you try to stick to like a gangster rap lane, that's just going to get watered down versus if you're trying to be yourself? Yeah, I mean, I just think anyone who's just trying to do something to kind of please people or be in the status quo, you're, you're just... It's it's a road to failure, you know. It's an exercise in just in futility, you know. You're gonna fuck that up. Mm. There's no way to kind of your best route, your best choice is 
be your fucking self, no matter how that much that may hurt or that may like not be working in your favor. It's going to eventually work out in your favor Mm. for your, you know, just for your life, for your career. If you are yourself and you are your truest, you are your truest self, you know? And and I think that's in the end, like every artist, that's what you're kind of looking for. And I mean, there's room for transformation. Motherfuckers become whatever they want to be in their mind, you know? So you can go, you can go from not ever doing, I've seen it. Fools who've never done street shit, wanted that life and got, got into that life. Mm-hmm. In fact, them fools were probably the craziest fools because they had so much to prove as opposed to someone who felt like they had to do it or were, were brought up in that line. Their brothers wow. were like, you're going to gangbang. No, there were fools who were normal ass fools, came from good families, but got in, caught up in the life and wanted that shit and wanted respect, wanted this, you know, and the same thing in the rap game. Like, you know, like, and them fools are end up being the craziest fools because they're, they're the ones carrying the strap. They're the ones doing the same thing with the rap shit. I wanted to be so down. They could transform themselves into that. Mm. So, and maybe that it was their true self all along. So it's not, it's about your own journey, you know, but either way they're abandoning. They're like, it's still a mental thing they have to get over. It's in their fucking quest. So, and we're all going through that. Right. No matter what you're doing, yeah. even the fool standing standing still is fighting himself for motion, for movement, and is tortured. Yeah. So it's like if you're moving and you're doing it, you're searching for something. Money is only gonna be so much, you mm-hmm. know. Like money comes, it goes, you know. <laughs> so it's so funny when like success is money, like not necessarily, you know. But um, we're all. I feel like we're all kind of searching for that, whatever that may be, you know. Mm-hmm. When it seems like there's people that are actually like repping their city and like building up the community is it hard to see just random artists no one even knows of blow up and get signed to record deals like there's so many just random artists that don't even see on world stars some that somehow have a deal and i'm like who the fuck are they and then i look That's at my true. community or other communities and there's actual like whatever it doesn't even have to be hip-hop just some type of artist artistic field they're actually working with their communities and they don't get the shine outside um i don't know i don't know i i I don't give it too much thought. I don't know. Maybe hopefully someone's going to make the most of any opportunity they're given, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people are given opportunities just for the sole purpose to be taken advantage of. Right. And they offer something that someone else sees that says, Hey, I can take advantage of this. I mean, or I can make money off of this. Hey, more power to you. You know, mm-hmm. if money is that all you want, get that and then see where, oh, what, what else after that? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, as far as like other people, I think if people just keep grinding, I see so many good artists make it and then I know then, or I'll see an artist make it and then you hear about like the eight years they put in. Mm-hmm. You hear about the nine years they put in, you know, the decade of writing songs and all this shit. And you're like, damn, yeah, all right. You know, like, and those are the artists I end up cheering for or liking them after the fact. And you'd be like, oh, you didn't like him until he blew up. But it's like, yeah, but he blew up because of all this, sh- all the reasons I like him. <laughs> like now I found out like, and and um i mean i i still that shit still excites me and kind of keeps me going too every time i see that and i think no matter what you know you're gonna end up where you where you ultimately belong just based off of you know your work ethic and your talent man you know and and when those two things align you know hell yeah in in seattle there's a thing where like a lot of people even successful ones they have to like leave and then you can come back to your city if you choose but it seems like there's there's LA artists or people, you know, you don't have to actually rep LA. You know, there's like I was talking to Noah yesterday and he was saying he reps the Inland Empire, not LA. Can you do you feel like you can stay in LA and blow up or do you feel like you have to leave versus well, Seattle? You most definitely usually have to leave. I would say just my the purest thing. I think like it's damn near impossible to blow up in LA. You know what I mean? Like just off of the city, it usually takes some other area showing you love first and are you you getting a uh uh you know a co-sign from someone else you know mm-hmm. and that's just me being true to fucking like from what i've seen like it's almost damn near impossible to blow up right here in the city you know wow i mean if it was if it weren't true then every year it'd be like mm-hmm. the lottery hey some a new fucking food from la just blowing up but it's like there's even artists right now who probably have bigger followings or are you know more in position than another artist who isn't from here. But if they had the same numbers, you'd like the other artists, you'd give them more credit. Wow. Like, damn, this was from nowhere. And he got 250,000 <laughs> followers or he just, you know, his song just did this. 
and then some food from LA and you'll be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Mm. That's cool. Good for him. Like, wow. like it's like that, right. you know, and I, I can't explain why, but it's just like that, I guess, just because it's the entertainment capital, you know, and all the business and shit is here. So it's a trip. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's That's like an open-ended question, but it, it's a trip, you know? What about in Seattle? Like, you literally cannot even really get fans. It's almost, it's super hard to even get fans. But when you think of LA, just, just from the outside perspective, you know, there, like, so many shows happen here, so many artists here. But do you feel like artists are still going to know if someone's going to blow up before fans know if they're going to blow up? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Again, like, I don't know if anyone knows who's really going to blow up. Obviously, there's people probably invested in that person's success. And I think maybe the more you can get more of the people who are movers and shakers invested in your success, you're going to probably end up winning. Hmm. You know, because if it's like this label or this this uh, collective or this business person and they're like, yo, you know, they're tied in you, whether it be through contract or something else, but they're now invested in your success. It kind of takes that type of movement to, to get mm. you over the hump. I mean, dude, I remember I know from a producer who they offered him a Kendrick verse for a hundred bucks wow. back when, you know, this is like 10, 12 years ago, you know, right right before Section 80 and all the bubbling, right? And this fool said no. The producer's like, nah, fuck that. Why should I pay him to be on my beat? Who's this kid? Wow. I'm the fool. I'm the one who who he should be paying. And look at it now. You know what I mean? Like, and, and there's no way that. Add some more zeros now. <laughs> if that even. Well, he wouldn't get paid yeah, to do it. Exactly. He would have to pay him, right? So, right. so it's like, or anyway, yeah, like, um, I don't know if Kendrick was any less talented at that point Wow. where no one else around him could know that, Hey, this fool's going to blow up. Cause he, I bet you, he, I mean, you could hear it in his music. He's not, his music ain't about thanking a lot of people. It's right. about saying you doubted me. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't really see a lot of top rappers saying thank y'all to everyone who supported <laughs> me. You gave me the record deal off the demo. You gave me a ride on my show. You bought all my merch. Fuck. Yeah. You the best. Wow. Ain't no one dropped that record. Well, All the records are, what happened? Y'all <laughs> thought I was done. You fools fucking doubted me, right? Think about that, right? There's wow. not a much, there's not a lot of thank yous in hip hop. It's a lot of fuck yous. Thank you for the motivation, but I proved you wrong. And that's the top of the top. And that's the most talented fools we picture in the world. And yet they got told no every day. And mm. people pass on and said, you ain't. Even now, they're like, you ain't shit, you know? So wow. it's a trip. It's a trip. What do, what do people think about in LA? What do people think about like Baby Keen? Because he got some people think he got successful because of the fact that he's Kendrick's cousin. Um, I don't know. I haven't. I've never heard of that cat. So <gasps> you haven't heard of Baby Keen? Really? No. That's so funny. Should I? I don't know. That's interesting because he's he's like Kendrick's cousin. He's probably twenty something. He's not that old, and he's already got like a Travis Scott feature and everything like that. And I'll like, check him out. Wow, that is funny. <laughs> wow so when it comes to you though are you tapped in with like the community like most la artists do you think the community of like musicians are all tapped in with each other or how does that work like in seattle there's pockets but how is it like that in la right? um i think the hip-hop like underground hip-hop or indie hip-hop community is pretty is pretty tapped in with each other um that's how like say a cat like noah james out in the ie like we're connected, you know, through that. And some of it is just real, recognize real, the skill, like, damn, that was dope. Mm. Um, and we see each other at shows, you know, when we would, when, you know, things were open, is this just, LA is just, and we have, I've been to Seattle, I've been to a pretty good amount of cities, especially just for hip hop. You know, I didn't go there on vacation. Like I went there to fucking rap and to find hip hop spots. Where's the graffiti? Where's the fucking, where the studios, you know, where the open mics, like, mm -hmm. And there's nowhere like here. Wow. Nowhere, like not even close. Like I, I would like it's on a whole other level. Like the little shows and that we went to, I was like, cool. Here there's like seven of these tonight. You wow. know? And that was like their one, like and I'm like, no, like there's literally like competing shows. And then on top of that, you know, Mad Lib's doing a beat set at this one. Oh shit. Cole's rocking here. These fools are doing the, Ro the Roxy, 
Wow. So you have six underground little shows, and then you can go and catch one of your favorite artists for like 25 bucks. Oh, shit. So you're like, okay, where am I going to put my money tonight? You know, so it's very competitive here, right? Just as far as like trying to get the consumer dollar and people interested, mm-hmm. you know, and, and no one has enough time to know everything. You know, I've never heard of Hendrick's cousin. I was just like, <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, just you can't hear everything, you know, you really can't. And, um, but there's definitely a community. The underground community is its own thing, you know, and then there is a mainstream community. There is a Hollywood, hmm. you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's right there. So I went to school in Hollywood. It's a different, it's a different breed. You know, that is, that's the business. You're going in there, you're going to spend money. You're going to make money. You have opportunity and certain shit like that, you know? Um, so that's kind of its own monster. So within tapped into that, I have some, some from the underground to there, like some connections, some pathway towards that, but it's just been pure indie. And I think probably no, no, no one other artists like myself who are like, we're not signed. We're not huge. We are solid, like solid there. Could we get a record deal if our numbers go up? Maybe. Would we even be interested? I don't know. We're, we have our own indie stuff going on, you know? So right. it would have to be somewhere in the middle. But um, I'm sure he has those connections too. And you can go into that world. Like you can go into the Hollywood world and like kind of play that game, you know? Um, and I think no matter what, at some point you probably have to. But there's definitely that connection. And they see the underground the same way we see them. Mm. Like every now and again, we find ourselves over there, right? On their side. Um, whether it be like at a big event or whether it be at a big concert. Mm-hmm. You see that person, you see this person. you, Oh my God, there's that person. You know what I mean? And then same vice versa. Every now and again, one of these fools ends up in the underground or and this person needed something or they heard a style or they heard a thing, they heard mm-hmm. a track. and well, Let me borrow that. Let me do this. Like, happens all the time people get jacked people get wow our ideas that you think oh this person came up with this this ad lib or this thing like nah, this little fool in the underground did that first wow it was on soundcloud with like ten thousand listens and so and so drake straight up took that fucking ad lib and that style or that wow. that tone and you're like whoa 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 genius 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 mm. you know like that's that next level shit like you can literally keep your ear to the underground and take something before it even flourishes like you can you even be mad at that like that's mm. next level shit we're right here next to it and we didn't even see it you know but there's definitely that community dude like it's 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 crazy you know just reflecting on it having you make me reflect on it is like <laughs> fuck you know but but culturally do you think the underground has more of an impact than the mainstream um i feel like the underground's like the test you know if if it pops in the underground you can fucking damn well make put money in for sure it's gonna pop in the mainstream because mm. it like it grew in it grew in the dark what do you think's gonna happen when you put sunshine on it when you dress it up when you give it marketing dollars Gosh. and you give it press and you give it structure and you give it fucking you know capital and connections mm. and eyeballs of course any of us in this room with you know that type of shit you're going to get more attention. You're going to get a better shot at reaching that audience. So imagine if you've been able to reach that audience with very, very little. Mm. And it's like, you know how, like you were saying earlier, like, I didn't know. And you're like, you think you just needed a little more. And then when you realize like how much it really takes from like everything I was saying, just to break a record or just to break an artist, you're like, fuck. I was just like, I had needed to add a couple zeros to it. I thought, <laughs> My little $10,000 budget was going to be enough. Like, no, that'll crack it. But no, like, how about $170,000 just for people to see your face? How about a quarter million just to run this one song? Like, you know how much that would hit? You know what I mean? And again, it's still just the business of it. People got to believe in you or believe they can make that money off of you, you know? So, yeah, for me, I want to be in a position to do that for myself. And that's all I've done. I turned my little $10 little things into $100 moves. Mm. Then then $1,000 moves. Now, $10,000 moves. Okay, let's add one more zero. $100,000 move. I can say, dude, I made six figures with this one move. Well, that's some Nipsey shit. That's some put me on a t-shirt shit. Mm. Like, I'm with it, you know? And that's that's why I built this place. That's why I'm like, that's the, that's the direction I see myself moving in, you know? Wow. So do artists like that, like a Nipsey? Or like, I'm actually upset with the game. I don't know the game personally, but like lately, like he's kind of, 
he's fucked over a lot of like up and coming artists. He did this thing where like he put out this like fake project and he's like, if you give me a thousand dollars, he hit me up. Dude, I didn't give him shit. He, he, when he did that, he, he went, he reached all the way to like Tacoma even, and which is like, um, South of Seattle. Yeah. I know some people who got, got with that. <sighs> I, yeah. Like he used to be one of my I just favorite like, artists. What are you, even though I was like, well, why are you asking me for money? What the fuck? Dude, because he, that sexual assault charge, like his entire last album was given to that lady. What like any fuck? profits. I didn't see. I didn't know none of this. He's shit. like, it's like he's kind of like in an OJ Simpson situation. I'm pretty sure where like any money he makes is given to this girl. She won like a seven million dollar lawsuit against the game. Damn. Well, I figured it was something like that because I was like, damn, this was hustling hard to get this like couple yeah. hundred. But I mean, hey, man, it sucks. Oh, you know, can't kick a man when he's down. You know, just hopefully get all that together. I wasn't down to do it. And even Smart. from the gate, from the gate, you know, just like, no, thanks, bro. Good. You know, and I was like, this isn't you. You know, this is some other fool or someone running your social and this and that. So it was funny. He's like, hey, blood, you know, what's up? And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't think this fool talks like this. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of cool, though, to see the game. You're like, oh, shit, you know? And that's why when my other homies hit me up, some other, you know, I'm, I'm going to say who, but some, some other homie I got, and he was telling me, and he had told me this like a couple months before. And I even just said, that sounds fucking dope. Just be careful. Yeah. That's all. I was like, be careful, make sure it's legit. And then it's funny because like two, three months later, boom, I got hit up. And mm. I'm just like, what's up? <laughs> wow. And it was just like, huh? And then, and then that's when it came up. What's up with some, you know, you want to get on this mixtape of this show? I was like, I'm good. I appreciate it, but no. You know, I was just like, I too much shit. I, I'd rather bet on myself. You know, I'm not tripping. Yeah. That um, man was one of my favorite artists. I just, I can't even, like, I still have a lot of his songs in my playlist and I just have to skip them. Like that, that alone, like some people... Like, they'll see something in the news where, like, oh, whoever was rude to a fan, and that's enough to turn someone off. But, like, when you're actually, like, fucking with people that are trying to make a name for themselves, that's, that's fucked. Like, that $1,000, that might not be a lot to the game. Well, obviously it is right now. But think of how much more that is to, like, an up-and-coming artist. So yeah. that's something I'm genuinely, like, I, I can't really. Yeah, that's artists need to be careful. I mean, I've gotten got when I was younger, I'd try to do some, like, shit, some Ice Cube show, some food, just straight. Oh fucking just lied about everything he had people trying to catch him and beat him up and all this shit and he got me for like i think like 200 bucks or something and fuck i just was just like hey chalk it up to the game you know well not, <laughs> not the game no pun intended you know um but yeah i was like wow i learned my lesson wow. you know I'll, I'll believe it i'll believe it when i'm doing the business with someone that i know or personally and like just be a little more smart before you just send your money on the whim you know like hey i'm excited right and you know that unfortunately People, some people don't know that. And I was younger. I didn't know that. And I fucking, mm. you know, gave in to that. So, yeah, man. But do, do these bigger artists actually help the community and like help up and coming artists? Or is that kind of not that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think some artists do, you know. I don't know if they do necessarily just like outreach, like A&Ring. Like, I don't see them mm. doing that. But I'm pretty sure artists who are in a position, they probably have their their, their artists they're betting on. They, I mean, oh, who true. doesn't want to, you know, like. Fucking Eminem, Dr. Dre wanted Eminem, Eminem wanted 50 Cent. Yeah. They just kept making each other money, you know? 50 got in his little homies in, and then, you know, he's now whatever. But, you know, I'm sure the other artists are like, hey, I'm, I got the homie, and if I could help him blow up like that, mm. and then we could both eat, like, that's the ideal situation, you know? Right. And I try, I try to do the same shit with, the, with EOTR. Like, if, I'm, if I got some momentum, you know, reciprocate it back to the crew. Yeah, break that down, actually, for people whether in LA or even outside of LA, Seattle, wherever, what is EOTR? So EOTR is pretty much like a rap collective or like a record label almost, right? Um, it stands for East of the River, which is East of the LA River. So it's pretty much artists on the East side. Okay. Um, but we extend way past that. It's just, that was the idea around it when I, when I started calling the company that fucking like almost like eight, nine years back. So wow. we've been grinding for a minute. Um, and in 2017, we got booked for Pay Dues, uh, hosted by Merce, and we made the lineup. Unfortunately, the whole shit, fucking the festival fouled apart and all this shit, but that got us on the map. Mm. We were up on the we were up on the bill with Schoolboy and fucking I forgot who else was. Lil Wayne was performing at that one, and I was just like, and you see ELTR, and I'm like, bro, like we on, you know? And since then, you know, we've we've been a staple on the East Side and and in hip hop, you know, so. We've just been trying to collectively drop music. It's myself. I got the homie Mad Max, the homegirl Kiddo, Hollow Visions, DJ Drastic, 
Muds, who was here, who does our videos, who's a part of a crew called Soap Providers. And then we've had other artists that we've had in the crew and mentored. So you might see them like in some of our videos and stuff like that. But, you know, we're we're a big collective, man. And that's just the idea. Just trying to help each other out as much as we can. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. myself, like I try to do a little too much. Or I try to like, you know, um, just try to try to be a record label, try to put out records, you know. But like I said, it's 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 a lot of work, you know, so I try to at the very least provide the structure and provide the example hmm. through my own shit and then any door that i'm able to open up i'm like walk through it you know because fuck i've had to do that myself you know every opportunity sometimes people will give you the door but you got to open it and walk through it for sure they're just like that's the door you know and <laughs> people picture it's like come on the, the door open for you it's like no no they hmm. just show you the fucking door yeah you might have to pick the lock you might have to do this or that and you know that, that's one thing i learned that's what i try to do for the crew just show these motherfuckers the door, you know, that's right there. Hell yeah. So with underground shows, so back to that, can 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 someone make a living just off doing underground shows? Like, how does that work here? Um, I mean, yeah, some some guys have. I know a few fools who are, who are eating. Um, I know other promoters who, who are eating really well, you know. Um, it's just different levels. Um, as far as, like, for me, I'm an artist turned you know, show booker, you know, like I won't call myself a promoter, but I'll have to promote my own shows. I have to promote my own brand. You know, you have to promote your podcast. You have to promote whatever it is. You know, you got to right. scream for people to hear. Um, and I think cause LA is so much volume, so much noise, um, you know, artists get forced to do their own shows to scream the loudest and say, Hey, and do it for other artists. Cause other artists aren't good at it. Mm. And they want to do shows and they want to do shit. And it usually takes one fool's like, man, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll get this shit together. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of how I found myself here on the East side. And same thing with Noah. Noah threw some of the most fucking craziest shows and historically, you know, historical shows in his city. And funny, I did some of the same shit right here. You know, we used to do open mics on Friday. We ran those for like three years straight wow. like during the summertime. Friday's on first. Just let rappers come up and rap. So that when the kids walk by, they see us rapping, you know, and you, I never saw that on the east side, mm -hmm. you know, and if I did, it was like glim like glimpses, but it wasn't consistent. It wasn't shit like, so that's why I'm like, all right, but I could provide that. You're doing it. Yeah. Like, and then the next kid sees us and then they, they try to outdo us. It's only going to just do, do that's all the communities of hip hop have done. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, grassroots shit. Um, but, you know, to answer the question, like there is a way to make money off of throwing shows and doing it is just. Hard. not easy yeah it's fucking tough it is fucking tough um but yeah i mean if you get to a point where you could be doing some bigger clubs or some some bigger venues there's a lot of good opportunity too so i don't want to discourage anyone who might be thinking about it shit jump in i know fools who make thousands upon thousands from that you know wow. when it's good it's good but yeah you'll go through your dips you'll go through your lows you'll go through your bad bookings and your fuck-ups and just be ready for those too. You know, you can be the king, but you're going to probably have some egg on your face and look like a fucking idiot sometimes. It just comes with the business, you know? Wow. And has they have they slowed down during COVID or are they still like pretty... Oh, things are dead right now, bro. Wow. Like dead. But fools are still throwing underground shows and after hour shows, low key ones, you know, fucking illegal as fuck. And like, they haven't stopped. They've been on... LA's been partying. Mm. Even though we've been shut down on the surface and you'll hear, you'll read about it. Oh, California, shut everything down. Like, no, fools are still partying. The car scene, like the car nightlife of driving has blown up wow. more than it was in the 90s now, which is crazy because in the 90s, everyone used to be out. You know, there wasn't no PlayStation. There wasn't no fucking, no internet. So people, if you wanted to interact, you had to be out. You know, there's no mm. way of avoiding it. And nowadays, people have a choice to stay home, you know, and, and be entertained and be good. So if something brings them out, you're like, wow, this is, you know, it's tough, bro. It's tough to sell a ticket, you know, like if you really just think about it, like someone has Netflix, they have a whole movie theater right there, you know, they got yeah. every choice, like, you know, to get someone to believe it and to do that, it's, it has to really compel them, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're able to do that consistently and compel people with compelling shows or have that niche and like know what people want to see and how to curate it. Yeah, you could you could kill it here. Mm. We'll be back. Right. I know it. Like by this summer, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy here. Like mm. sold out shows up the ass. Everyone's gonna be partying. You already kind of see it because right now if you go out like on a 
Wednesday night, Thursday night, whatever, the bars and the restaurants that are open and have outside, they're cracking. And it hasn't been like that. We we kind of listen as far as the people who did listen, you know. There's a crazy people who are still partying, but that's still like 20%. Let's just say a quarter of the people, you know, yeah. young people or whatever going crazy. That's still 75, 80 people, 80% of the people who really listen, stood home. Yeah. Haven't done shit in a year and like they're ready. Oh, bro, <laughs> man. They're chomping at the bits to come out and party, bro. So it's going to be crazy. Do you think people are going to like charge crazy prices for tickets or how are people going to deal with that? Probably. There'll probably be supply and demand, you know. Wow. There's more. There's more demand. Hell yeah. So you gotta raise the motherfucking price to, <laughs> to get people to chill out. So what was the choice of releasing your newest project during the pandemic? Do you think you just see things starting to open up, or was there a different timeline beforehand? Or that's a good question, man. I, I'm glad it kind of worked out now that it, things are kind of opening up. I didn't necessarily plan it for that, but I mean, I was hoping to kind of hit that you know mm-hmm. i i really thought i dropped this album like back in january because oh, wow. my i had my firstborn son my okay. girl me and my girl just had our first baby so congrats thank you and that was in february so my goal was to drop it in january before the baby you know um but it didn't work out like that <laughs> ended up dropping it in may uh just for a bunch of different reasons you know um and so i didn't i didn't really plan for it but now it's like damn this is good timing push this drop these videos let people marinate with the album mm-hmm. and then june comes around june july and hit the road or just do yeah. shows now and be like hey you know that new music you're fucking with come and rock with it you know come perform and that always you know that's always just such a great feeling like there's there's a release of a project like as an artist and then you start performing those songs and then you start seeing the crowd's reaction to the songs mm-hmm. but there's always that point too where like you drop the project and the fans have been marinating with it and they're waiting for you now to rap those lyrics. They want to hear you perform that Hell fucking yeah. piece of music, you know? Yeah. And it's so new to them. And it's like, mm. and you'll only get that little, like those first few shows or that first, it's usually just that one. Honestly, it really is just that one. Like, or for a bigger artist, it might be the tour, you know, the, they drop the, you know, the new, the, the new album and they're like, all right, here goes the album tour. And mm-hmm. then people come out to see it. Right. But you know, for here, for like a local, for a local artist, like you're going to get that one big show right after it and like get to see everyone and feel that energy like what they've been feeling on that project so i'm excited for that one hell yeah and tell the people the name of that project the name of that project is called the ballad of el Huero. hell yeah and i feel like it has a theme too so explain the break down the theme for me for this project um well i mean the album cover is inspired by a mural by, by my house mm. um and murals are very popular here on the east side we have some of the most world-renowned muralists who grew up right here in the neighborhood. And so, you know, within this picture, they tell a whole history. And that's the whole point of the mural, you know. And for Chicanos, our history is indigenous. You know, we came from Aztecs and from, you know, indigenous people who occupied Mexico and America before anyone came and colonized. And then when they did, it was the Spanish. Mm. And then we're the offspring of both of those cultures, Spanish and indigenous and then you we, then we leave our hometown and we come to america so oh, now we're yeah. the offspring of indigenous spaniards who rebelled against people and then we left and came to america who rebelled against england and all this shit. And so wow it's like a crazy when you really like look at it we come from a crazy history very rebellious people very people very prideful people you know um and these murals capture all that and as a kid, I, I grew up looking at it and then you kind of just pass by them at first. Right. And then you get a little old and you start seeing that shit and you're like, damn, mm. these are deep. You know, this is actually saying some shit. And um, so I wanted to do that with the album cover and with the art. I kind of use my history. I have a picture of myself as a baby. Then I have a picture of myself graduating from um, recording school. Then I have a picture of me in a uh, Pachuco look, which is another like historical East Side um, outfit. Um and I wanted to kind of tell that history in the album covering with the mural. And that's kind of what the, al- well, I mean, that's exactly what the album is doing as well. Mm-hmm. In lyrical form, it's kind of like my little mural of like who I am now in, in my place in East Los and in hip hop. And, you know, the arc of how I kind of got here. And then obviously the future and where I'm headed, you know, like I was saying, boss level moves, you know, make the next moves, the next five years of my career be that like the representative for the area and turn those $10,000 moves into $100,000 moves 
and then get to that next zero. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And it's not only about money. I'm not making it just about <laughs> money. I'm just telling you, like, I, I, you guys have to realize this. Like, I started with nothing, negative, mm. like nothing. No knowledge of audio or, or the concept. No, like, I, I wanted to rap. I had a way with words. I've always had the gift of gab. I could always talk. But I didn't know how to rap. I didn't have no one who taught me, oh, this is how you put bars together. I didn't know how to count bars. Mm. I didn't know how to write songs. I fucking, through trial and error and painstaking, just trying, I got good at this shit. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. And I got really good at this shit. And, and um, you know, and, and that's what, what excites me. And that's why I talk about, like, I saw myself turn the zero to the 10, turn it to the 100, like we're saying. And. I'm excited to turn it to the next, to the next move, you know, and feel like I'm in a, you know, we're in a good spot and a good position to be able to do that. Else I wouldn't even open my mouth and gas it up. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd be like, I'm still working. But I'm like, no, this is like shit we've been working on for years now and it's coming to fruition, you know, like, and I'm now I'm like betting on it. Like, look, I'm telling you the same way I told you as we get out of that fucking first little shithole and now we get our own spot and, and move on to bigger shit. Like we're going up for the building now and we're going up for this now, like, and yeah, I wanted the album to reflect that, dude. Like, and Nug Life did the production on it. Amazing production. Hell yeah. We happened to just link up, you know, this past year as far as just keeping a, a correspondence through email and shit. And that's how we got this thing cracking. Wow. Yeah, I think it's a dope project. Like, especially if this is someone's first time being introduced to you. I think it's the perfect mature album. Perfectly digestible. 27 minutes. Thank you, bro. And I honestly, I think... One of your favorite, one of my favorite songs on the project actually is like the interlude. The I think it's "Fire of Flowers" or "Flowers of Fire." Yeah, "Flowers of Fire." And the, the guy even the guy said it was like, like messed it up. Fire is a flower. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That's my homie Penner. Shouts out to Penner B. He'll he'll never he'll probably never hear this podcast, but shouts out to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him a shout out because he don't believe oh, in yeah. technology. Oh shit! Yeah, it's no knock to your podcast. I'm just saying he he doesn't have a Facebook. He doesn't have an IG. He's just like he'll wow. use his phone just as a telephone you know like <laughs> he's he's an old school cat he's like wow. cut out of history you know wow so. dope project so you said you just met nug life over just email and stuff like that well I, I had met him and and known him before he worked with a couple members of my crew and um worked with zay first and they put out a, a really dope project and then, she's dope then i became a fan of you know of nug life and um and then i just kept up with his moves man and just seeing like how he operates and how he moves and i've just been impressed and I was like, I need to work with a producer who's kind of like my counterpart as an MC. And and like we're saying, like kind of getting to that point, you mm -hmm. know, getting to that emerging, like kind of breaking to a new level. I'm like, dude, Nug Life's right there, you know, like that fool. Like you might not be able to get a beat from him in a few oh. years. He's that dope. Like someone yeah. else is going to hear what we hear. And you might not even be, you know, dun, 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 dun. I'm sorry. You know, you might get that <laughs> shit. Like might be a new number, you know, um. So I wanted to just reach out and, and make it happen. And so that's why I, at the, like the start of the pandemic or like right at, I just sent him a nice little email. Like, mm. look, I know texting and I know IG DMs, you get lost in the sauce. But I'm going to write you this email where this is going to be like thing where we start and we'll just come back to it. You don't have to be today or tomorrow, but we're going to get a pro like, let's do a project. And, Hell yeah. And let's start at least building the building blocks of that. And I think like that approach gave him like enough time where he's like, cool. And literally like three weeks later, he's like, all right, yeah, you know what? I've been thinking about this shit. Cool. Mm -hmm. Let's now it's like balls. All right, I'll hit you up. Cool. And then from there, it just built, built, built. And then we got the seven, eight songs done and it was time to show it off. It's kind of it's kind of a trip, you know? And wow. We did have a few sit down sessions during the pandemic, which was really great. And I kind of brought him brought him into the world a little like the east side and some of this history he didn't have any idea about either mm -hmm. you know even with the murals and with like like um you know like our culture on, on this side chicano culture it's a mix of music you have spanish music you have norteños like straight spanish music how you would picture at a mexican party you know like or whatever you you know you may think someone who doesn't know like we're talking you know straight from mexico music right that's you hear a lot of it then you have punk music. We have a sick ass punk scene here in metal, which wow. is crazy. We have a hip hop scene, DJs, break dancers, not too many MCs. Mm. Mexican MCs are like the lost part of the element, but we're very strong in all the other elements. If you think about it, graffiti, 
fucking Latinos and Mexicans are really well known for graffiti. Breakdancing. We had some of the dopest dancers, right? Tattooing. Sleeving and tattooing. That's that's like a Mexican gang um, culture, you know, uh, element. And, and some of the best tattoo artists, you know, are uh, Latinos and Mexicans. So it's like, then you have like cars and the lowriders and all that shit, right? But our music palette is so broad and um i wanted that to reflect in the album a bit and that's why i brought nug life like hey have you ever heard of like you know mary wells have you ever bumped like you know some of these ones like the temptations or like yes. you know you got like the supremes you know the the everything's right the the marvelettes the this the oh, that the right marvelettes i love them and like yes. these these bands we grew up on because our parents would bump them yes they would listen to them as we're kids and we would grow up soulful mm. after this soul music, these love songs, you know? Yeah, I love the sampling. You did so much cool sampling throughout the project. Yeah, man. Now that, that was Nug Life. And once wow. I like showed him a little of that, then he's like, all right, cool. And he hit me with a couple of them that were kind of in that realm. Mm. And I was like, boom, we got, now, we're, now we got a project, you know? Like, it's not just you having dope beats and me writing dope lyrics, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what I didn't want. Like I'm like I wanted you to be in the be in the same mindset, you know. Wow. And yeah, man, I'm really proud of that fact. Hell yeah! And it's been out for like a week and a half around there, right? Yeah. It's yeah. dope. Hell yeah. Yeah, go check it out. Go bump <laughs> it. <laughs> yes, sir. So, what is some advice that you have for artists? Usually, my question is like for up and coming artists, creators, influencers. But what is your advice for artists that would like to take a shot at coming to LA? Damn. Um, fuck. Stay. Stay where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> Stay the fuck home. I, um, I don't know, man. That's a tough one again. Um, I would say you got to have some sort of roots here. Get Make connections here first. Because there are a lot of cool people here. And I've couch surfed before. I've been a nomad before. I've been homeless, you know, to a sense where I would I wasn't living nowhere. I just had my backpack and I jumped around from place to place. And you can do that here, you know, like people are really cool. You know, some people are friends and family, other people you can meet random ass people mm. and get an apartment with them or, you know, thug it out with them and whatever, figure it out, right? And there's there's gonna be other artists and be other people like you that I know you can link up with. LA is very known for that. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you know, that'd be look into that and try to get some sort of root here, get some sort of um, foundation here before you come. Because if you just come just with no nothing, not that it's impossible, you know, people, it's all on your will. It's all on your drive, mm -hmm. you know, but it is fucking a lot harder. You know, if you don't know anyone here, you're just it gets really expensive, you know, and then it could turn into kind of like fuck this city like it's tough you know it's tough wow you know you do you need you need some resources so yeah i would say that and then if you're here you're gung-ho about it and you're doing it try to go to a little bit of everything do the hollywood thing do the underground thing do the indie scene you know and and you'll find opportunity there's a lot of opportunity here if you're just a mover and a shaker and that's one thing when people come here from other places where you have to be a mover and a shaker, like say the East Coast and in you know New York, right? New York heads always kill it out here because LA cats are so laid back. Wow. And and New York cats come like fuck that, and they make shit move. Or someone with that mentality, you may come from anywhere, but you're like, man, I came here to eat, I came here to to, to work and to thrive, and and you'll start fucking just getting past people because wow. there's so many people who just, you know, they, they just don't have that here, and and. For better, for worse, our culture and the way we are, we're very laid back and it it just kind of mm. starts to rock you to bed sometimes. Like, I was out this night and then I had dinner here this night and then, oh, did you go to this thing? And then it's just like all of a sudden you didn't get shit done, oh, you know? Fuck. And it, it happens pretty quick here. And then people blow through their money and then they're back on home. Like, wow. And I mean, I've been at it for a minute. So I've seen it, heard it. And, you know, and I know I heard of it before I got into the music industry and I know it's a true thing. Like mm -hmm. it's some shit that you're like, that's bullshit, you know, or whatever. Like, and there's other shit that's like, oh shit, no, that, that was really true. Like wow. the city can chew you up and spit you out, you know, if you're not careful. And, I, and that's why I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I live here and, and even where I live, it's hella expensive where I live, but my parents own the house. They've been here for generations. So 
you know, we're blessed in that. You know, I'm, I'm lucky in that aspect. And I, I don't take that for granted. I try to use where I'm at and what I'm doing to my advantage as much as possible. And when I was a little younger, I didn't all the time. I wanted to get out of LA, out of LA. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, nah, like these palm trees, these, these streets, this look, like this is culture that people from around the world would love to be here. So, you know, you damn well better use this. You better, you know, make it a part of what you're doing, you know, because yeah. that's what you're paying all this money for to live here. Like, you know. Yes, sir. So what is the easiest way for people to reach you? So you could reach me. I mean, follow me on Instagram, Viva Mezcal. So it's V-I-V-A-M-E-S-C-A-L. Um, I got my website, vivamezcal.com. Order some shit, support, you know, it all. it's all made here. And, you know, we're going to mail it from here and. It comes right here from, from you know, East Lowe's, Boyle Heights area. So, you know, you're getting some authentic shit. And, yeah, man, look me up. Spotify is obviously, you know, the big one. Everyone want to be, get them numbers up on Spotify, stream it. Or if you're on Apple or whatever, just go stream the music. And hopefully, wherever you're listening, I could be out at a show, um, you know, soon in your city. I would love to come back to Seattle. We oh, went, yeah. we actually did one in, like, SeaTac or some shit oh, like shit. Seattle Tacoma right like that yeah, little yeah, yeah. some like little random bar and stuff but it was cool people showed a gang of love it's like they were happy that we were there you know we didn't have the biggest crowd but it was like like sometimes 15 20 people make you feel like 100 because you're just like damn you know you're getting so much love and that's that's what we really got when we went to uh the Pacific Northwest we did like a little tour back in like 2018 I think wow and um I had a fucking blast. I had a fucking. I can't wait to go back. I actually bought a. We recent. We recently invested like in a van, a tour van. Hell yeah! So we'll we'll be hitting the road soon. So hopefully, whoever, wherever you're listening from, connect. Say what's up. If you're streaming, I follow it. So like, I know the cities that are listening. You know, those are the ones we gotta go to. You know, so yeah. If you're out there listening, shit, stream it and hopefully be in your city. There we go. This is the Nas podcast with Viva Mescal.